This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Yeah, buddy, we're 30 minutes from the Mike McCarthy press conference. It's time now for the NFL News of the Day. Zach? Thank you very much. Uh, Of course, you know, there's tons of firings going on, which will open up hiring potential, right, if you want to go positive here. But we did find out, and we knew this yesterday. Of course, you guys had it covered during the pregame right here on the first place NFC East division champion Dallas Cowboys, 105 through the fan. Uh, Ron Rivera's been fired. So Ron Rivera no longer with the Commanders, and now uh, you've got a couple of former GMs, not all in the, from National Football League general right. manager titles, right. that are joining the commanders in their search for their next head of football operations and their head coach. So Josh Harris has hired former Golden State Warriors general manager Bob Myers and mm-hmm. former Minnesota Vikings GM Rick Spielman to assist his ownership group with the searches for the new head coach and head of football ops. I'm sure, uh, like Rick Spielman might want that job for himself, or maybe he's just like, hey, I'm out of this. I'm just going to help you guide. Uh, and they've got a list of people they already want to interview, both coordinators yeah. for the Lions. They got, yeah. They're, they they want to talk with, and they want to talk with the defensive coordinator of the Baltimore Ravens as well. He's on their short list. So uh, Washington's already been putting out, uh, I mean, they've probably known for what, two yeah. months now that they're going to, maybe from, from the beginning of the season, they're going to move on from Ron Rivera. Yeah, they, they, this is, uh, I, you know, and I, be honest with you, I kind of like the idea of going out and getting, you know, Bob Myers. I think it's a different opinion on what the traits and characteristics you want in your coach and what you want in your general manager and your directors of player personnel I, I I think it's I think it's a totally different perspective kind of an outside the box look at how to get people to evaluate uh, your team or the best people that can help you build the right teams so I, I think this is a really good idea yeah you got experience with this this is this like going into the baseball world and finding a quarterback well you know in a way it's <laughs> The problem was it's got Drew Henson vibes. The, no, the, the the way this the way this thing works is though you, this guy's a successful championship builder of teams. You know this isn't this isn't listening to Dana Bible tell me that that Drew Henson can do this or Chad Hutchinson can do that. You know that's the problem. <laughs> if your last name's Bible, I'm probably going to take your word for it too. So no, I, I, I hear you. I just no, it just unless it, it means getting Drew Henson the, the, out of a Yankee clubhouse to the, come be my quarterback. The problem was that we didn't trust the people in the building to be able to the people in the building had the player the right way. The problem was you had an ownership and really a front office that weren't going to that didn't trust the scouts to do it the right way. So all of a sudden you're asking, and there's nothing to talk with about, nothing wrong with talking to Barry Switzer or anything like that, asking his opinion. But the scouts had Demarco Murray right. They didn't need to tell. They didn't need to ask Barry Switzer if Demarco Murray sure. was any good. Scouts told you that. So yeah, I you know this. I, I think that I think any time that you can have a different opinion about what kind of traits and characteristics you want in a in a, a person running your operation, especially a championship winning 
general manager, president of basketball ops. Yeah, I'll, I'll listen. Absolutely as long listen. as yes, I, I I think it's a good perspective to have it. But you don't know when you're going into something like this how much power Bob Meyer is going to get or how much power one of the people is going to get. Like the situation you're just describing right there with the baseball player going to play for the Cowboys, it's because Jerry listened to one guy. Yeah, right. So how good is the Washington owner at? listening to all of them and then picking which one I should be listening to because I I think it is dangerous to have a basketball guy being in charge of football because of how different football is right that was my initial thought as well how how involved is she going to be this is I hear Magic Johnson's got a a little bit of a say in that organization as well he does this is this is exciting Josh Harris yeah this is an NBA guy as well (laughs) yes this is an advisor role is really what this is and so you know I, I I mean to me if just give me the list of guys that or gals that, that I should talk to. Tell me which one of these guys and gals has the best traits. You know, who who is who is the one that that makes the most sense for me or for what my vision is for what I'm trying to do with this team. You you find me the guy or gal that has that vision that I that I'm telling you that I'd like to do here. You know? Yeah. Now we'll see. If you if you're in fact you're David Tepper at Carolina, then you're probably like going See, he's hiring an outside organization to try and find his coach. Man, it's a terrible idea. It's a terrible idea to do that. These are Got two organizations not looking good, but there yeah. are a lot of whispers that Draymond Green yeah. might be the next starting middle linebacker for the Washington Commanders next year. Got some toughness to that. <laughs> the story goes, uh, Draymond Green today says Adam Silver talked him out of retirement. I know. Have you seen ever heard of a commissioner talking a player out of retirement <laughs> like that? Like, that's bizarre. Yeah. I know there's a lot of love for Adam Silver out there. There is, but... Draymond had had enough, <laughs> and you got out of some. No, no, no. Draymond being decision. emotional right now. This is what got you here. Okay, let's not act on You're our okay, emotions. Buddy. Okay, all we did was ask you to just garner a little bit of self control. You're like thirty something years old. You don't have to quit your job because okay. of it. It'll be all right. And and there wasn't a single second where that was even a realistic option for Draymond Green to retire. No, I love these. Like I was gonna retire, <laughs> was, but, but you know, then Adam, Adam Silver, Silver convinced me that you know what, a hundred million over the course of the next four years sounds better. probably better than you know just not wanting to get more self control. Right. I mean, that's literally all it was. Like just stop hurting people stop on the basketball court. people in the court. nuts and choking them and you know mm-hmm. doing that type of stuff on the basketball court. Commanders are requesting an interview with Rams defensive coordinator Raheem Morris as well. I mentioned Mike McDonald uh a request the defensive coordinator of the Baltimore Ravens. So we'll see what ends up happening with Washington. I hope whatever they decide it just fails miserably. It's good for the Cowboys well, for them being bad. They need an offensive coach there. Ron Rivera was a defensive coach there. They they didn't quite figure things out. If you're going to have the second overall pick, you need to find a way. The marriage we've seen with and 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 I, I hey here I am saying that about defensive coaches. Look what they've done at Houston. Oh, Ryan's yeah, Houston, route, sure. But but you but you you know you went out and you hired a guy in, in, in Bobby Slowick. Bobby Slowick to, to maybe he's a guy that they want to interview too. Yeah, I I just man to me I I think that if you're going to have the second overall pick and your franchise is going to be about that quarterback. I think they're going to have to go with an offensive-minded guy. Yeah, I think that would make a lot of sense for them. You also, but have- that's the first thing I would do, though. I would, I would, I would make sure though, if I'm interviewing these defensive guys, I'm sitting there asking you, give me your, tell me who your offensive coaches are. If I don't like your list of your coordinator, your offensive line coach, I think next to the offensive coordinator, your offensive line is the most important position on the team. It's by far because that that's when you start to talk about the coach and how they're able to operate. But if you're a defensive coach and you can't convince me of your offensive staff, I don't want you as my head coach. 
Bill Belichick still under contract. He is open to changing uh, his role regarding having full control over team personnel. Maybe yeah. this is a last-ditch effort to try and say, hey, I want to stay in New England. Can we make this work? Yeah. And if he goes elsewhere, I think that's also something we've talked about. Is he going to want full control if he ends up going to the Chargers or the Raiders or whatever the team might end up being? That's probably something he's no longer going to be doing. I think I think he would definitely want to be a guy that has a say. I don't know about control. I'd keep an eye on a guy like Elliot Wolf there in uh, in New England. If in fact that Bill were to get another opportunity and maybe carry along a guy and say, "Hey, listen, I, I'd like to work with this particular guy," and we, you go ahead and promote him to, yeah. to that role. Yeah. Yeah. Bill Arthur's, knows it's different, though. I mean, for the first time, he talked about his job security. Yeah. Today. yeah. I, I think that's bizarre. very telling. It, it is kind of bizarre to see him in that place, but I'm not going to rule out that the Patriots give him another chance in this reimagined position because if you truly are willing to say, hey, I don't have to be the GM, we can you know pick my coaching staff with the GM, then maybe it would make sense to keep you know going down that path with with Belichick because you know he he might finish his career and, and set the record with somebody else and i just think that's weird it would be if and they're in position to draft a quarterback as well yeah if you're in a situation though keep an eye on mike vrabel yeah. what's yes, going on yes and there's a lot of uncertainty there yeah. with vrabel in tennessee keep an eye on mike vrabel cuz if that one comes open i don't think bill belichick will be able to stay they might want to just go ahead and make vrabel the head coach yeah. i could see that happening yeah. the uh, falcons are also a team that would be interested in bill belichick they just fired arthur smith after they went 7-10, and 10, which, I mean, look, if you're going to draft B. John Robinson in the top 10 and use him to as as little away that Arthur Smith did, apparently it's B. John Robinson, Kyle Pitts, the way they've used some of these high draft picks, they weren't happy with it. Uh, Arthur Smith getting bleep canned, which he was well-deserving of. Now, after the game, this was pretty funny. You have the handshake line, right? So New Orleans gets a, an interception. Mm-hmm. They return to the one-yard line. Uh, they put out the victory formation. Right. But they end up handing the ball off to Jamal Williams, who scores a touchdown. Arthur Smith goes to shake Dennis Allen's hand. He's like, what the bleep were you doing? That's disrespectful. You've got another assistant coach of the Falcons basically saying, you know, F you as well. Well, after the game, uh, you had Jameis Winston, who was the quarterback in there. It's garbage time. Derek Carr, they've already won. This game's over. Uh, Jameis Winston was asked about the play. Dennis Allen had already taken the podium. He'd apologized. He said, I did not call for a play to be run. That was supposed to be take a knee. Jameis Winston apologizing to his head coach for a decision that they made. Well, I apologize to DA because the play was was victory. Uh, but I also explained to DA that it was a team decision. And uh, and I think when you have the a team morale, and I asked the guys, I say, guys, like, what do you, what do you want to do? We know how much Jamal means to this team, and and I understood from DA's perspective. So I, I, I give him that. Yeah. But DA didn't condone that at all. Yeah. You know, he, he didn't. However, uh, we decided as a team to do it, and man, we got an interception to the one yard line. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah. So if 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 we would have scored, would it still would have been disrespectful? Right. You know. It's a fair point there from Jameis Winston. The conversation continued with the reporter, kind of questioning, pushing back on Jameis a little bit for going rogue in this situation. I love a good rogue TD. We might hear this tomorrow from mm. TD Tuesday. So does Zeke. But here's yeah, you're darn right. Uh, St. Patrick's Day. Here's the back and forth with Jameis straightening out a reporter. But what about it makes you not feel good about it? So, the head coach tells you to kneel it up. You're asking my opinion? Yes. I think you should have kneeled it up. Okay. Well, I'm just telling you as respectfully as I can. You answer my question as respectfully as you could. 
and I'm telling you as respectfully as I can that I respectfully disagree with you. <laughs> respect. You disagree with me or the entire team? Whoever made that decision. Okay, so you disagree with the entire team. So, thank you. No, I'm, I'm just being, I'm being honest and respectful. And that's what I'm attempting to do too. Yes. And that's what I am doing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a lot of respect being given back and forth there. That was the most honest and respectful back and forth I've ever heard. Man, there's been some media heads that are saying, like, Jameis should be cut immediately for going rogue and making this decision. If they did make the decision as an entire offense, what are you going to do? Going to cut all 11 players that were on the field there? It's the last game of the season. Jamal Williams clearly means a lot to people in that locker room. They wanted to get him a touchdown. A single touchdown on the season. Yes. That's what that's what's almost sad about it. It's a, like, what are we doing here? A guy who led the league in touchdowns last year. He didn't have any touchdowns this year. He's been fighting through some injuries so they wanted to give him it one. wasn't even like an incentive one we're like hey jamal wins he's gonna get like a, f- a half a million dollars or a million dollars to score a touchdown here like let's do it for him it was just simply to get out of the box score on the season in the touchdown category yes, get out bagel. that bagel and so and then you see my favorite is Jameis winston like doing the tiger Dude, like he's pumped. Fist pump. he's pumped his guy just scored the touchdown i think where everybody is discussing is the most disrespectful part of this is the fact that they line up in victory formation. That the coach told you, yeah. take a knee. Well, there's that, yes. But then also, you're lining up in victory formation, which is the obvious, okay, That's a give we're up. all, yeah, yes. this is, 100%. we're just kneeling here. Yeah. And they and, went rogue and handed the ball off. Right. So, I think that's, if you just if you just do a normal formation and a normal handoff, I'm sure Arthur Smith is still ticked off because you're running the score up. But when you do victory formation, all the former NFL players are going, hey, that's the cheapest part about this, is you're selling it, like you're just taking a knee, we're all giving up here, the defense can just kind of stand around, and then all of a sudden you're going to hand it off and score a touchdown. That's a little bit cheap. So you're showing up the other team, and you're kind of showing up your coach. Man. Yeah, Dennis Allen, this is a huge indictment on you, Dennis Allen. Like, if I'm the Saints, if I'm Miss Benson, I'm going, hey, no one has respect for you, bro. You're no longer here. And they should move on from Dennis Allen. I don't know why they're not. I I tip my cap to Jameis Winston for somehow being able to do both of those things. And seeming charismatic through it. Well, being respectful. He, he just owned it and was like, yeah, you know, we decided to not do what the... And I kind of get his point. Like, it's actually not that big of a deal. The coach wanted us to do one thing. We were like, we really like this guy, so we're going to try to get him a touchdown. I don't think it's a big deal either. And this is the NFL. It's showing up the other team a, a, a little bit, lining up in the victory formation. But it, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with overall not that big of a deal. Yeah, I don't think it's... Yeah. I, I think to the point of Dennis Allen... That, yep. that that could be a big deal. Have I lost my locker room? Is there a lack of respect? Do we need a new voice? I think that's something they need to consider now. The fact that they actually did this, I don't think is a big deal. It's a division game. You don't like each other. It's the NFL. Everyone's getting paid out there. Running up the score? Come on. Do you think coaches, like, you, you think your coaching buddies today would be like, yeah, that would tick me off if that happened? I, I just kind of wonder if Mike McCarthy would allow it to happen, though. You know, I'm just thinking on the Cowboy perspective. If they lined up and... Cooper Rush handed the ball off, at, you know, to, you know, somebody would, even though Mike told him to take a knee, headset off, getting ready to walk across the field, you know, would 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 Mike allow that to happen? I, I'm just, I mean, I I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's the right thing to do. Victory formation to me is is you're saying, okay, we, we're done, you know, we're we're done here. That's the most egregious part of this. Yeah, we're, you know, that's if, the if, that's if, the foul. Not, if, if, your if you want to, if, you, if you want to get a touchdown. Line up in an offensive formation and go for it. Well, not listening to your coach is the crime against your yeah. coach, but the crime against the other team and why Arthur Smith is so ticked off is yeah. because you're selling it like you're the kneeling. The victory formation. Yeah, the victory formation. That's a huge factor here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we also- I, don't, I don't think, I, I just don't think McCarthy would allow that myself.
I don't. No, I think, I'm I sure think there's a lot of coaches think would, that wouldn't do that. I think he would have, and maybe Dak. Well, would, Dennis Allen didn't allow it. His team just decided no, no. to do it. They overrode yeah. him. They disrespected him. Saying. Hopefully, the Cowboys players wouldn't disrespect their that's, coach that way. That's, I think it's more of a disrespect of Dennis Allen than it is for the Falcons. I think that's yeah. I, that's I, what I think. That's, that's uh, what I, I, I agree say. with that as well. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Baker Mayfield. He's getting two million dollars because he led the Bucks to the playoffs. You also uh, had Gardner Minshew who got a $2 million incentive because he played 65% of the offensive snaps for the Indianapolis Colts. And uh, DeAndre Hopkins getting an extra $1.5 million because he had seven catches and a couple of touchdowns in their game over uh, that they had with the Titans there. DeAndre Hopkins ended up with a nice season. I know we were talking about him quite a bit. Yep. Uh, they beat the Jacksonville yep. Jags. And then Nelson Aguilar added another 500 k to his wallet as well as a lot of players hitting these incentives. It is funny, though. Jamal Williams, not one of those guys. There was no incentive for getting one <laughs> touchdown on the season. What does Jerry Jones think about Mike McCarthy's job security after winning the division? Uh, we'll get an answer to that and so much more as we jump into some Cowboys Twitter. Take a look at what's going viral for uh, your first place at Dallas Cowboys next year in the nation. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Welcome back, Nation. Hope you're having a fantastic day. Time now for some Cowboys Twitter. We got the Mike McCarthy press conference coming up in five minutes. We'll throw the Mike up there at the Ford Center at the start. He'll be talking about all the big storylines. Going to know how injured is Stephon Gilmore's shoulder. Uh, how's Tyler Smith doing there? Is he Can he play with the with the foot injury? Segment of the fans brought to you by the Frankels. Life's unpredictable. Accidents happen. Franklin Frankel, the go-to attorneys for car and truck wrecks in DFW. If you or a loved one's been in an accident, contact Franklin Frankel for a free consultation. It's 214 or 817-333-3333. Go online to truckwreck.com. Dak, when asked about not wearing an NFC East championship hat, it's a huge accomplishment. But focus is ahead. I'm good. I want something better. I do see similarities with their mindset to the Mavs when they won their championship in 2011 and to what we just saw with the Texas Rangers. To that point, Tank walking into the uh, underbelly of the stadium. Uh, cameras caught him saying, one down, four to go. Let's go. Reminiscent of what was on Hedgie's ass cheeks. Yes. <laughs> I wonder who would be, would it be uh, Brock Hoffman, you think? Would he be the the Hedgie for the Cowboys? They go ahead and Most put, the, likely put the number get a, down. Yeah. yeah. He, he's he's a favorite in that locker. He room. is, man. He, he must everybody be. Everybody loves him. I mean, it's uh, how rare is it? I would presume it's extremely rare that a backup interior lineman gets the gets the call for a pregame hype up speech from the head coach. That happened. Yeah. Was that Buffalo? I don't know. It didn't end up being a a very good. You know what? I think it was the Buffalo. It was game. a bad game, and yeah. I hope that's not that's an indictment you, on you, Brock. That's why you assumed that the the speech was bad. Might but have been I, bad. Zach Martin said it was solid. Of course, yeah, he's a great good. teammate. You know what I mean. But they say he was the him. funniest guy on the team too. No, it was Neville Gallimore. Oh, Neville yeah, Gallimore. Uh, Neville's the got jokes. The funny, the, the thing about it, it with uh, Hoffman yesterday, like there was a play. The, the play was over, and he gets pushed by one commander player. Then another guy walks up and pushes him again. He got pushed three times to the huddle, like three different dudes <laughs> walked up, and he just kind of just kept walking. 
It's like he's like the Bourbon Street drunk guy. He's just kind of staggering along there. Oh, Walchuk's been that and guy then, before. And then it just staggering. Like, guy shoves him. Another guy shoves him. A third guy shoves him. He didn't even turn around. He just walked to the huddle. If I was a lineman, I'd say this is the kind of stuff we need to get rid of. You know, I, I'm watching these quarterbacks get breathed on wrong at the end of yeah. a play, and there's 15 yards. I got multiple, like, 320-pounders pushing me here at the end of plays constantly. It's like, oh, yeah. that's fine. How about you just say, don't do it? The whistle happened if you push. Can I get five yards for that? Damn, I'm just trying to mind my own business, and I got to, like, bow up to 10 different dudes throughout this three hours. Ridiculous. You know? Other positions really don't do it that much, but I, I got these giant guys. You, you're not with me? How about the, I'm in the end zone, Dude throws me on my face. I have scored. I'm on my third step. Mm. Dude throws me on my face. And you're like, oh, yeah, it's just part of the game. What? Where, how <laughs> After the this, whistle. How is this still happening? John Mishota, Cowboys Twitter. Micah Parsons. The regular season's cute, but this is a legacy. There's always the term of be phenomenal or be forgotten. Um, he says, uh, and where me, uh, CD, Dak all want to be. That legacy and earn our way into that type of Cowboys Hall of Fame. He's got the right mindset. I would add to that as a young guy, year three, he's never not made the playoffs. Don't assume you're going to keep making it. You know, I go go talk to J.J. Watt about his years in, in Houston. And that is the thing that you need your young guys on your team to understand. The old guys get it because they see the end of the tunnel. The young guys come in there and they're like, oh, this is great. We're in the playoffs again. Yeah. No. You have to be scared that it might be your last trip. You're absolutely right about And then that. you can give your best effort. Yeah. Well, it's something we've seen Dak talk about this year. You just never know when you're going to get back. Yeah. I mean, Dan Marino, his first year ever with the Dolphins, 1984, goes to the Super Bowl, never again. You just never know when you're going to have that opportunity. And you're right about that. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you, you can engineer desperate team theory inside oh. of your own mind. Yeah, absolutely. Jordan engineered the edge yeah. by having reality just be a, a little skewed. It's the same. It's just a slightly different perspective on it. John has a good quote from Jerry as well. Does he need a good showing to have job security? We had a good debate about this earlier on. Uh, 682 on the text as we went to break says, I don't think I've ever heard a more dumbass question as the one you just asked about what does Jerry think about Mike's coaching status? Well, you clearly didn't hear the question that Dawson asked to Stephen Jones on Friday. That's all that means. That's right. It was actually, what, four seconds shorter than your dumbass question? Uh, was the same correct. Question? Yeah, it was the same question, but he, his was a little bit quicker yeah. uh, than mine. I knew where better. I was going. You had to think about it. A little you know, more pace. Yeah, I was speed reading nervously. Level of difficulty for me was yeah. much higher. We're taking <laughs> shots at my guy over there, Brian. By the way, you can go back and listen to that uh, on the Odyssey app, the 3 o'clock segment uh, last week. <laughs> I re-asked Eric Chiafalo's 65-second question that he asked three years ago to Stephen Jones. I re-asked it for a bet payoff. It was one of the most anxious moments I've ever had in broadcasting. Okay, he says, I just think his record speaks for itself. I think of what he's done and, and what uh, we've put ourselves in this position over the last three years. I think that does speak for itself. We've got a lot of football left. No small part, thanks to Mike. We'll see how each game goes. We'll see how he, each game goes. He cracked the door open there a little bit, didn't he, Brian? I'm just telling you, man. I'm just telling you, winning 12 games for three straight years is super impressive. It matters how you get through these playoffs. And he, he feels like this... He has to feel like this is lined up for him right. The way that Philadelphia collapsed, for him to get the second seed, for him not to have to face potentially San Francisco till the championship, and maybe San Francisco gets knocked off. Yeah. 
or injured, which we're not rooting for. We're never. We no. never. Not Are we allowed to say that we're rooting for them to get knocked off? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But not not injured. Never. Not injured. Never. Not like mafia knocked off. Never again. Just like lose the game. Yeah, oh, that's what I meant. Okay. Oh, well, just lose. No, just no, lose no, the no. game. Yeah. No. Um, okay. Uh, standing by here for the Mike McCarthy press conference here in the G Bag Nation. We got a take from Red Ball last night on football in America. Did you guys see that football night in America? Yeah, I did see that they were teasing the entire first half of the Bills-Dolphins game, the schedule release, the super wild card schedule release that Schefter jumped on the Twitter 30 minutes uh, beforehand was, and fired which off. Which I was, was very grateful awesome. for because Brian was over here trying to just mock out what it might I was look doing like. A mock. We were oh, I know. You were mocking your balls off in the pregame yesterday, yeah, predicting yeah, games. Gosh. He thought the Jaguars were going to beat the Titans yesterday. He thought a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. I just, that's my job. I have to try and think of and things. And I it helped us. Yeah. We got through a couple segments with yeah. that. Try to. Well, uh, Garrett said, what a combination and what a year for these guys. Dak and CD, the best quarterback-receiver combination in the NFL, showed up big time today in Washington, and the Cowboys are ready for the playoffs. And then he had the biggest bleep-eating grin smile you've ever seen. He loves to smile on television. Dude, he loves the <laughs> weird, creepy it. villain smirk. We're gonna get that some, is his thing. We're going to get some Saturday night JGZ. The Swifties are going to get introduced via yeah, the Peacock are. to JGZ. Yeah, you got to keep things positive, I guess. That's what he's doing in his in his mind. He just does it so re- robotically. Oh man, and it's tough because you know I've had personal cell phone conversation with uh, Jason Garrett before. He called me. You know, we were talking ball. It was about uh, a year ago. Just a little ball sm- talk. Yeah, his hate smile is the best. Did you have a couple lemonades? Uh, no, did not have a couple lemonades. We're gonna pick up and do that at some time in the future. What do you think? Best quarterback <laughs> receiver combination in the NFL. <laughs> Uh, Burrow Chase, Burrow Chase was the but first he keeps one that came hurt. to mind. But we've we've Burrow's had like Porzingis at this Stafford point. Stafford and Nakua. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like Mahomes and Tony. Myself, <laughs> yeah. That's Mahomes and Kelsey. I if mean, you even want, that one's not as. If you want to, if you want to have what not to do in a game, yeah. Man, I guess that is kind of a good question. Quarterback, because you'd be like, okay, this well, Tyree Kill and, and Tua. It's like, no, nah, I'd, I'd still go yeah. Dak and CD. This year, they were the best. Yeah, that Dak and CD. quite a show. The best that ever was. Yeah. Mike McCarthy, is this the year? He said hope, faith, belief, trust. I mean, all those things. What is he doing? He's writing a card here with his answers? (laughs) Dude, he went right to Hallmark. Happy birthday, Jesse Holly. (laughs) He went right into the whitest kitchen you've ever seen where a mom just put up these random signs here for the vibes, and it it reads like live, love, and laugh and stuff. Home is where the heart is. (laughs) That's what you're building over the course of an 18-week season, just the everyday sweat equity workload capacity. (laughs) Their workload capacity decreases as the year goes on. He's just throwing words. Did I get butt cracked? I'd like to think you did. Says the connection's strong. It's as strong as a locker room that I've ever been around. So that gives us the opportunity to compete yeah. and win. Hope is a powerful, powerful thing. I guarantee it's stronger than the Aaron Rodgers uh, locker room. Shoot, you just replace Aaron Rodgers with Dak, and already you've made it probably three or four times as a, a, a united locker room. People, want, people don't want to be around Aaron Rodgers, and he knows it. That's why he's been doing all that ayahuasca, you know, trying to find himself, become a more likable version of himself. Um. I don't know. I I think this this should be the year that they get to the NFC title game. And if they don't, it's a disappointment. Disappointment happens for a couple of NFL teams every January. So you hope it it's not your turn again. If it doesn't happen, I I think we could be in maybe for some years before the opportunity is this good again. Um had enough of the damn disappointment. 
469 just teed us uh, up for the question. Would you take right now the knowing that you're going to get to San Francisco for the NFC Championship game, but you're going to lose? Or do you just keep your options open for whatever happens, happens? I hate the damn hypothetical. Would you accept no. the NFC Championship L taking right now? You know you're winning the next two at AT&T, and you're getting to the conference championship game, something you haven't done in, in a lot of lifetimes. I hear your question. I respectfully tell you to go F yourself, and I don't want to answer it. You're not talking to me. You're talking to the 469 uh, who, who texted it in. That's exactly who I'm referring to. You're getting to. two teams that you're better than. No, I'm, I'm going to the they, NFC They have Chicago to game. make the yeah. NFC Championship game. I'm going to get there they either have way. To. Yeah. So you're already guaranteeing that they're going to do that. You I want so. more. If they you, don't, you have Super if they Bowl aspirations. do that, it's an epic failure. Broadus is looking at me over here like, man, that, that title game sounds kind of nice. Just give no, it to me. let me play. Okay. Let me play. Because I'm, I'm going to figure this thing out. I'm either, I'm either going to do it that way or... I'm going to find somebody else. The man with standards right there. Now, will I he say knows he getting to the NFC season. title game? That that is like a faux uh, success for us because we just haven't been there. Exactly. Yeah. It's really not that cool. You finally broke through no, no, and did no, something no. you haven't done since '95. It, it's it's very cool to play in that game. It'd be it really is. cool. As a matter to watch of fact, it. I, I felt like that playing in that game and winning it at Lambeau Field was more fun than we actually winning the Super Bowl. Hmm. I, I mean, I loved the Super Bowl experience and all that in New Orleans. But winning that because game the at Lambeau, fans are in the fans are in pandemonium it, euphoria because you're going to the Super Bowl. But that's winning that game. That's winning that yeah, game. That's what just, that, yeah. just getting there and losing. Yeah. It wouldn't feel that different from the division I, around. Yeah, give me give me the chance. Give me the shot to try and win this thing. That's, uh, that's well, what we'll have more time to talk about this. But the the list of free agents is significant when you look at how how many key guys or or contributors are they going to lose. And that's, you know, why I think this year is more more important uh, than just another year where you're getting to the playoffs. I don't know how much longer they can keep this thing going like this. Okay, we got to run. When we come back, it'll be time for the Mike McCarthy press conference here, the G-Bag Nation on the fan. Up to the fourth center we go. Here's Mike McCarthy press conference on the fan. You know, David, I, I think um, clearly you put some time into that great question, uh, but I am not in a, I'm not reflecting. This week, no, I'm just trying to avoid. I'm just trying to avoid the question. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, a, it was a great game. Dak and I have spoke about the you know particulars of the game time and time again, and I think even more so when you you know you go through different situations and every situations in that game it came up, and and now that you know we're in the same offense, you know he can see the you know the similarities and why we do what we do, and you know in really the history behind it. So, but we, yeah, we've talked about that game a number of times. And just to follow up on that, he, he gave the point specifically about, you know, they came back and then he, he was kind of like, oh, well, Aaron Rodgers, just another lucky play. But now that he's been with you, he realizes just going through those situations. So he's talked a little bit about situational football, how it's not just, it's just the down and distance. This is everyone needing to know where you are in those situations. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, I, I think the NFL, you know, clearly in the last couple of decades, it, it's 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 so competitive. You just look at the statistics, you know, year in and year out, how many games come down to the last series, down to the last play. So I, I think, like anything, and I think it's probably consistent throughout the league. Uh, but I, I know that we clearly spend whew, probably 25 to 30 percent more time um, at the end of the game in situations than than I did, you know, in the earlier years. And I've just seen that increase, increase, increase. And, you know, and you, and you find different ways to deliver those messages and teaching opportunities. And, you know, Ryan Feeder does a phenomenal job for us um, in the team meetings on on, um, on Saturdays. And, 
And then, we, you know, we take it a step further with our Cowboys six and, you know, John Foss. So we, we spread that around and, and it's because you're always teaching, you know, re rehearsing those things. Uh, we spend time on it on Fridays and Saturdays as opposed to just Saturday. So uh, there's a lot of time that's, that goes into that. And now that, you know, Dak sees, because, you know, it's a, a lot of it's carryover from Green Bay. So uh, particularly in those late game situations. I know you're not trying to look back and get nostalgic. How do you stop your family from doing that? And, and I don't know, are they yeah. Packer fans, Cowboy fans? Where are you? How do you control the house? Um, <laughs> well, I mean, I, you know, I'm living, you know, I got a wife and three daughters, obviously two sons, but, you know, I'm, you can't win in that house. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I don't know. That's a great question, Clarence. I can't believe I'm saying that to you today. But uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. We, uh, yeah, I think the biggest thing is you know playoff time, and it's really I talked about in the team meeting today. Is is you know this is a time for all of us to be selfish. You know, every player, every coach, every support staff member, because you know we we put so much into this season, getting ready for the season, and we're right where we need to be, and and we need to. Take full advantage of that, and that's you know that's just really um, the tightness that we want in, in the commitment. Because um, last year, I thought it was important for me to, to talk about um, you know uh, Green Bay in the beginning of the week. I did with the team. Uh, I regretted it. Uh, I don't think that's that, that doesn't even need to come into into our energy base. So um, you live and learn. You know this game's about our commitment. It doesn't matter who we're playing. It really doesn't. I mean, I, I had no stake. I didn't watch one game prior to the, you know, yesterday's contest to, in preparation. Uh, so just started last night on the plane, and and that's that, that's where I am, and I think that's clearly where our team is. Our, our team, you know, this this is it's just no time for that. You know, um, I, I answered the questions honestly in here last year about my experience up there. Um, it just it will not help us win. So if it doesn't help us win the game. I'm not interested. I apologize. Uh, is that it? Todd Archer, the ESPN. The game against them, even if the quarterback is different now, how much do you look at the, what you did against them last year in preparation for this? Well, game? That's another great question. I, I think that um, clearly, I know this morning, just trying to, you know, get in tune with their, you know, get, they got some new faces, you know, um, you know, particularly, you know, play a lot of guys in their secondary. Um, you know, throughout the year, uh, obviously they've gotten healthy here of late. But yeah, I, I really uh, last night and this morning has just been really just getting tied into their into their personnel. Um, have seen Jordan a few times in the, in the breakdowns. Uh, you know, obviously has great command of the offense. You can see he's comfortable. Um, you know, he, he's made some excellent you know time clock plus throws. Um, so I have noticed that. But I mean, it is early. You know, we're early into the preparation right now, but. It's really just getting to him with the matchups. With uh, Stephon Gilmore, did you guys get encouraging news today off of his? Yes, uh, we did. Um, so I uh, saw Stephon obviously before the team meeting. Uh, he was, he's been here all day, so he, he definitely feels good about the opportunity um, Sunday. So we'll see how the week goes, but uh, it was better than we anticipated. So. Saudis of the Athletic Mike, <clears throat> in 2016, you guys, you were the uh, veteran team going up against an upstart young team. This year, the Packers are the youngest roster coming into the season. Um, what's the advantage of being the, you know, the, the team that's kind of been through it a little bit and going up against 
a team that is kind of you know inexperienced and young and still coming into it? You know, I I, I think playoff football is playoff football. I mean, there's there's so much that goes into how are you playing, you know, today. Um, it's a long year. A lot a lot of things go on during the course of the year. I think it's all part of the, the you know the investment, the bank account of experience and awareness that you have to go through each and every year. Um, it, it's all building that connection in all three phases. I, I do feel, you know, the complimentary football formula and the, and the production numbers are where they need to be uh, for us. But yes, I, I'm by no means an expert on the veteran team versus the young team. I, I think anything can happen in the playoffs. Just look at the, I know the last two years, I think there's only been one game, uh, as I've stated already, that doesn't come down to the end. So um, I don't think it's, you know, whether you're young or old, I mean, they're, They've earned the right to be in this game, and I'm sure they're, you know, excited about it and confident, and because I know we are. Does the experience that your young players have, like Micah, he's he's a young guy, mm -hmm. but three years now in the playoffs, CDs, same type of thing. Do you think that that there's any help for them in knowing the stage in the moment? Oh, I think it definitely helps because I mean it makes you hungry. You know, they're definitely hungrier, and and I think we all make the mistake. And I know, you know, my first year in the league it was 1993, and we lost the AFC Championship game in Buffalo. And, and I thought, man, this is awesome. You know, this is great. I made more in playoff bonuses than I did in my salary. And, and you know, you, so you think you're going to go there every year, you know, and you, you, you know, but it's, it's not the reality of this league, you know. So been a number of championship games, but, you know, only been to one Super Bowl. You know, that's 30 years. And I just think that's the reality that I know, particularly the younger coach, the older coaches and older players definitely express to every everybody because there's a playoff urgency that's different and we all understand what's what's at hand here this you know this, we got this one opportunity and, and we got to you know first things first take care of the preparation babe babe Lockmer, cowboys radio uh, obviously you've been down this road many times but uh, how, how do you, you get to the playoffs how do you balance uh, leaving no stone unturned so to speak and not going down rabbit holes getting away from kind of what your preparation has been all season long. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm not a big rabbit hole um, individual. You know, I, I, you know, I don't chase ghosts. Um, I, I think it's important to, you know, you got to have a long-term plan, a short-term plan. I think it's also important how why you break down the, the season into trimester or quarters because I think it gives you a nice you know, check and balance to work through that and uh, know, know where you want to be on offense, defense, and special teams. So I think going through that process through the year gives me a really, um, you know, really engage where, where we are as a team and how we want to play and how, how we want to play against these guys. So, uh, but I do think, you know, our new analytics department has been awesome because, you know, that's, they live in those rabbit holes. So, um, and when they, you know, run, a, run across the, uh, an extra carrot or something, it's, it's good that they bring it. They, they, you know, they, gee, I was trying to be funny, but that's that. Um, but no, I think that's, you know, that's their job, and I, I've enjoyed having, you know, John Parks and his staff because they they do a really good job of, you know, any anomalies or anything. So, you know, and that's something you should look at. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, everybody says, you know, you wait to the bye week to do yourself, Scott. Well, if you wait that long, you waited, you know. So, uh, they do a great job week in and week out. We have a process, and so we just got to stick to our process. Calvin Watkins, Dallas Morning News. Uh, Tom Smith, how's he feeling uh, today? I feel better. You know, after he went on a trip, that was a, that was good news. You know, he traveled. Um, I, I would think, you know, come Wednesday, I think we listed him limited. Um, we talked about him this morning. So, you talked about you regretted 
talking about being better for your team last year, but why did you regret it? It's a player's game. Always has been, always will be. Um, you know, it's 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 not it's not and that's all it should be focused on. I, I believe there's 24 hours in a day. You got seven days to prepare, and if we're not working on winning, then it's a waste of time. And then, and really, I, you know, to put that on their hearts and, and felt that they needed to speak on my behalf in the, in the locker room, and you know, I just you know, I won't do that again. Mike Jones, July with WFA. Uh, you guys led the league on sport during the regular season. Obviously, you're taking over the play calling duties at the start of the year. How much of that relationship between you and Dak and the growth of this offense throughout the year is what you implemented versus his progression as well? Well, I think you know, if you've asked any offensive play caller and if you've asked any quarterback, I mean, that relationship's imperative to success. I think that's being captain obvious. So everybody does it differently. Everybody plays quarterback a little differently. Everybody calls plays a little differently. Um, Everybody coaches four verticals differently. So uh, I think just you know being in tune with that, the connection, the communication, the detail, the organization, um, his his preparation process matching you know Brian Schottenheimer, Scott Tolzien, Chase Hazlitt's, Ryan Feeder. You know, we got a really tight you know Evan Harrington. Our quarterback room's diverse, um, so getting that nice and tight and. and, and Getting him into a rhythm, um, you know, and I think Cooper Rush and, and Trey play a big part of that too. So um, all of that factors, but at the end of the day, you know, I'm calling it and he's hauling it. Is what Dak likes to say, and um, and I think that's that's the way it has to go. And that connection's it's it's you know it takes extra time. Uh, we put the time in early um, through camp, um, and you know, like during the course of the week, um, you know, that was something that. Uh, you know, just from being a head coach, just doing the head coach only responsibility, I was concerned about it um, because uh, it's different. And I know how much time it goes into it, but it's it's worked out well, you know. And I think the proof is in the numbers. Scott, Scott Erickson with the AP. Do you think going through the Green Bay thing last year helps now? Kind of got it out of the way last year. And yeah, personally, it helps me. I mean, it was good to go back there. Frankly, you know, I think the biggest thing I got a, got out of going back there was. I got to see a lot of people I didn't get to see at the end, so I was thankful for that. Um, you show them, would have liked to win the game, and then that's. But that, at the end of the day, this is my team. You know, I'm a Dallas Cowboy, and this is our our opportunity. And I just want to make sure I'm doing my part, and that's pouring everything into winning this game. Garrett. Garrett Cornell, CBS Sports. Uh, Packers DC Joe Barry and his kind of zone off coverage scheme came under fire for a rough patch at the end of the year. They kind of turned around a little bit against the non-playoff teams. What are your initial thoughts looking at uh, that defense? Um, I've known Joe a long time. I've competed against them, so uh, just trying to get into get into a rhythm of you know of their defense. You know, obviously we played them last year, so a lot of carryover uh, from last year and. You know, we played some comparable defenses. So, yeah, I'm, you know, that's all I'm focused on. You know, so it's a very talented team, uh, talented defense. You know, there's a lot of value that they they have in their defense. Uh, they've played a lot of guys. That's, you know, just watching them, you know, going back, you know, uh, starting back, started with the Chargers uh, game and, you know, moving forward there. I mean, it's particularly the secondary. So I'm just, just trying to get locked in on these guys. Top. Um, Back to Dak and the time you said you guys put in yeah. camp. Was it all just, hey, here are the plays, or is it personal stuff that you guys are oh. trying to 
because you guys have been close since you got here, but this yeah. obviously drives you closer when it's that much more time. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, um, I think the Thursday night meeting is probably a pretty good gauge, you know, to, to answer your question. Um, you know, we get together Thursdays at 5 o'clock, and it usually goes to around 7. So, um, so you know, say you got a two-hour meeting, you know, half an hour, 40 minutes is probably football. The other is about life, and, uh, and that's, that's imperative. Yeah, so that's a big part of it. Um, just the nature of this time of year, any of your staff or assistants um, get interest from elsewhere? How do you handle that and, and you know, uh, kind of go about it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I think it's, uh, you know, excellent opportunity, and I think it's great to see your individuals on your staff recognized because, um, you know, it's, 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 no, it's no different when players get recognized. You know, it's everybody knows this is the ultimate team game. So, yeah, it, uh, we, we communicate and, you know, we follow the guidelines. Um, last year you had some kicking issues toward the end of the year. And then obviously yesterday, Aubrey misses the first two. How important was it just to see him make that 50-yarder, especially with what's going ahead of you? Well, I mean, I thought you guys would, would criticize my play calling there at the end, but that, that, that really was to, to give Brandon an opportunity. I, you know, I wanted him to kick one more before before we got out of there last night. So, um, you know, it's, the block was unfortunate. Obviously, we, we had a, you know, had a breakdown there in the, in the protection. So, and then the second one hits the bar. So I think the only thing that really comes out of it is we all now realize Brandon's human. So, and, and the human thing to do was to, was to give him another another uh, trip to the plate. And so I was glad we were able to get that opportunity for him. There it is, the Mike McCarthy press conference here on 105 Through the Fan, brought to you by your Texas Ford dealers. Ford is the best in Texas. Ford built for Texas, built for you. Okay, um, we'll talk more Cowboys with you. The best year for Dak of his career? Question mark. Answer that on the truckwreck.com fan text. And where do we go from here? That's coming up next. It's the G-Bag Nation on 105.3 The Fan. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.